Dave Grail, at Fort Goody Sports Center on Scarab Bay Community Radio. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome once again to Sports Center Show here on Scarab Bay Community Radio on 88.3 and 92.7 FM and on the tuning app in association with their credit union. And on today's show, I'm joined, as always, with, by co-presenter Pat McNamara. And on today's show, it's once again a weekend of camogie and hurling action. And if, if, if this weekend is like last weekend, we're in for a treat. We're going to be joined on the line in, in during the programme by court, one of the coaches of the Clare Junior and Camogie Senior Sides. It's Colin Fitzgerald. We're also going to be joined by journalist Owen Brennan as he gives his views in the championship. And later on the programme, we're going to be joined on the line by, as we get the report from Galway and the Leinster Championship, we're going to be joined by former guard hurler, current Crockwell Senior Hurling Manager and former Galway Senior Player, Andy Cohen. And now we're joined on the line by a man, not maybe not too well known uh, to, to a lot of people. Uh, he's a man new to the, the coaching scene on, in, in County Clare. He's involved as a coach with the Clare Junior and Senior Camogie teams. And this man, he has a famous father. But I think this man might just get have, get the upper hand on him as, as time moves on in the coaching circles. It's a man who has played underage uh, for the county. Uh, Colm Fitzgerald from Six Mile Bridge. Colm, you're very welcome to Scarab Bay Community Radio. Pleasure to be here, lads. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Colm. Colm, as I said, you're, you're new to the, to the coaching scene at county level, but obviously you, you, you have done your, your, your apprenticeship at club level. Um, Claire Camogie in a very positive place, Colm. Oh, savage, um, savage place, Leo. I, I suppose we're, we're kind of building towards um, looking to get into a top four place. Hopefully this year. And um, if it doesn't go this year, I, I've no doubt we will be there within the next year or two. Um, we have a big match now coming this weekend against Tipperary, and that's going to to show us where, where we'll be. Yeah, and I suppose, Cullum, you know, looking at the, the Munster Championship campaign, now the league campaign was, 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 you know, results didn't really show what the performances were. Very unlucky to lose against Cork, uh, who were coached by your father in, in, in round one. A couple of goals that, you know, were maybe preventable on a bad day in Cusick Park. Probably should have got the win over against Kilkenny, you know, and didn't get the, the win over Limerick. But it was the Munster Championship and... I think as a pet here alludes to the fight as the ground was getting harder and pitches were getting better, the Clare Camogie team's performance has improved and you know, the win over Limerick changed things, but definitely the two matches against Tipperary and of course the game that Saturday evening against Cork has brought this team on a ton, Cullum. Hugely, hugely. Um the game that stands out for me massively is the Limerick game. Um a bad day inside in the Gaelic grounds. I hadn't beaten Limerick in a few few years. We we were unlucky to lose the first two games and we were down three or four points a few minutes to go bad day relegation looming pulled it out of the fire and next thing you find yourself in a good position uh, going into the Munster Championship uh, you get a good training camp under your belt you get a bit of work going in against Tip and it really set us up for the Tip game the first day in Turles now the first day in Turles I thought we were Seriously unlucky. Um, we were, as, as you know, a pint up, last puck of the ball, tape equalised. But we took a lot out of it. Um, one of my major concerns is we've three weeks now done, week on week on week, and we're heading into an All-Ireland series of three consecutive weeks again. 
Yeah, and Colm, as well, we were talking even on the commentary last Saturday evening here on Scarlet Bay Community Radio, you know, why not bring a replay to QC Park? This Saturday, we didn't realise that I thought that the championship was two weeks away, but of course, he comes on you very, very quick uh, here, and you're going back uh, playing Tipperary again, and I suppose if any, if ever a team needed motivation, you know, didn't or didn't need motivation, it's Tipperary after what he done to him the last day. But Colm, going back, how has the team been... You know, that was a very physical, demanding encounter in Parker in last Saturday evening. Obviously, you can't do much this week in terms of preparation. How are the, the, the penalty players after that, physic, the physical exertions super. after that? Super, Leo, super. I really am absolutely shocked with the response um, of the players. The, the response straight away after the game and then their professionalism during the week and getting their recovery every single night. We didn't pick up a hurley choose the night we just let them get their recovery in again and we'll have a small session Thursday evening and we'll be back ready for road again then on Saturday but their response has been unbelievable with regard to juniors then you're coming from a different angle you've a team that's after winning the Munster Championship for the first time in, in 17 years and uh, you're trying to bring them back down to earth a small bit to, to play Mayo the week after you know so you're you're, you're you're trying to get a fair balance between the two. And Colm, just Pat here, um, how important from in your mind, uh, from the point of view of the, of the teams, has it been that both squads or both teams, if you like, have been training together with this, uh, a, a, an overrun or a, or a combined management for both so that everybody knows what everybody's doing in terms of timing and, and training and everything else. How important has that decision that was made a while back been in developing both teams? It's been kind of the turning point for um, Claire Camogie. In fairness, to, to Conor Dolan and, and, and John Carney, it, it was a savage idea because at the start of the year, when girls were missing with college and you girls up the country and they just couldn't be there with work and that, you have the numbers to, to fill in and it brings the, the, the junior players on like you're, you're, you've savage junior players that wouldn't be out of place in, in, in other senior teams around the country either, like, you know. Mm. So it brings everyone on a train and I, I can tell you now, it, it definitely does not bring the training down. And um, Like, we, we've juniors that, we, we've seven or eight juniors that have been doing the senior warm-up now on, on Saturday evening and they will not be out of place, you know. And as well as that, you know, it seems looking on from the outside column that, both teams have played a really good mixture of the short game and the long game and they're able to vary it depending on the situation in the game. And uh, that was just very impressive from my point of view, from, from your coaching point of view. Is that something you've worked on? Majorly, majorly. Um, I suppose the one thing we, we, we've been trying so hard in our, our use and distribution of the ball, um, a lot of teams kind of over-exaggerate the short ball. We want to kind of mix it up a bit. It catches teams off guard when you work the short ball out of the fence and next thing you just let a high ball in on top of Lockie or whoever's inside at the edge of the square. So we put a, a huge amount of emphasis on that in our training. Um, working it out from the back, obviously, a lot of teams have tried to, tried to press up on us um, from puck outs in matches this year. And we've actually... We found out we've been pretty decent on the high ball as well in our half hour line, winning in puck out. So it's 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 um it's worked out pretty well for us so far. But we're 
our season is only starting now and this is the real test coming now Saturday and the other thing I suppose you want to continue Colm uh, again that's very obvious on both teams watching them in the Munster final, finals was that every one of the 15 well, the 14 outfield players is defending f- uh, uh, from, from from the full forward line back when the opposition are, are in possession and the work rate is unbelievable on both on both, on both teams and uh, that obviously is something you've worked on as well oh, it is it is it is um, we focus a huge amount on our tackles we, we've kind of changed styles a bit in, in, in how we tackle and we'll say um, I won't get too much away you know but how, how we, we come to teams in numbers but we, we, we kind of um, have worked on that since the start of the year but as, as a coaching panel we're, we're delighted and it, it's, as I say it's only the start for us our major concern is that we have fresh bodies over the next few weeks yeah and I suppose, Colm, as you said, that the next few weeks are, are, are going to tell the tale, you know, and you're in a, a tough group, as every group is in, in the championship, you know, but as you said, your aspiration is to get to the last four and, you know, hopefully a semi-final in, 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 in Crow Park, at least. I think there's potential there for more with the with the way this team has shown, because it has improved with every game, you know, starting with your goalkeeper, who's been absolutely a real leader in his outstanding. But Colm, is it you know? I suppose Saturday evening, then Tipperary, such a quick turnaround after this one. You know, can Tipperary? You know, you were much better, I think, than Tipperary. Can Tipperary? Can Tipperary improve that much in a couple of weeks, Colm? I think you're going to see a different Tipperary team on um, on on Saturday evening. Um, obviously, they won't have taken that too handy the last day. They'll have regrouped, got themselves together, and this is the one they'll be aiming for. Like ourselves, this is the one they'll be aiming for to get their, their season off the ground. Um, there's a real opportunity, if you do come out top three in our group, to really attack that All-Ireland series. So they know themselves. Uh, with regard to ourselves, we have Tip first, Cork second, and then you're facing into three tough, I tell you, three tough enough games after that. So you're looking to try to find a result if you can in in one of the first two games. Yeah, it's a it's a big as as you said, then really the, the the tip one because you know you're going to be coming up against a team coached by of course no less than, than than your father in the second game, and they will have learned a lot uh, from last Saturday evening as well. But. Colm, the, the one thing I see about the, the game of Camogie at the moment, and I'd be honest about it, I didn't enjoy a game as for a long, long time as much as the game that Saturday evening in Park Green, apart from the you know the last few minutes when Cork got and got on top, maybe you know. But the game of Camogie is going to be a very attractive game to watch. Does it's does a lot more? Obviously, the physicality has kind of has taken over, and as well as that, it's kind of getting a lot of the hurling games that you you see now wouldn't be wouldn't have been as good a spectacle as what we saw last Saturday evening. 100%, 100%. But I think what you're seeing, Rio, is a lot of hurling coaches are feeding across to Camogie. And um, you can see the, the likes of the short game, as you say. You can see the the feeding the, the ball into pockets of space, playing deep half-back lines, these type of things. Um, these are things you wouldn't really have seen, do you know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Years going back, do you know? Um and it it does make the I mean the best game of the year last year nearly was was Cork and Galway in the the All Ireland Camogie final. It was a very good game mm. in doubt. There's no doubt that's for sure. Ex- exactly. Yeah. But, but Colm, having said that, you know, 
the girls are there, they're there to, they're there to learn as you're there to improve and, and learn also. It makes for a very happy camp. You know, looking at the at board teams and looking at the performances, it seems to be a, a very happy United camp, Cullum. Yeah, well, look, I personally have have have, um, have never been in such a close knit group as this. Um, they are so unbelievable. They sponge off everything you say as a management, as a coach. Anything you have to say, the girls will listen to you and take it in. There, there's no <coughs> kind of questioning or. We said, and and until that said is done in 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 good faith. So, like as you say, we're a very close knit bunch, and we're hoping that will stand to us by the end of the year. Colin, one thing that occurred to me there uh, since the weekend was, and I, I was talking to one or two mother parents from up around Fee Clary, but um, they were delighted, of course, with everything. But I was just thinking to myself, you know, we had one team that won the Munster Championship. Uh, entitled to celebrate fully as you would after such a tremendous achievement, and then you had their their tra- their, their co players in the senior squad who went through nearly two hours against Cork in a, in a marathon in an epic, and were they all able to sh- tra- celebrate together, or was it kind of a division in terms of who could let the hair down and who had to think about the next match coming up? You know, it was just a tricky situation. Yeah, it, it was. It was tough. Um, my heart went out to the senior players because they. It obviously took the last hard against Cork. Yeah. And it, it's very hard to, to, even though we're all part of the one panel and we know that, it's very hard to watch celebrations going on when you're after going through a two-hour dogfight where you should have won. Exactly. But yeah. the thing about them is you can see straight away the fire was there in the eyes and they're ready to go again I have no doubt about it they're ready to go for the All-Ireland Series That's what you and, and Colm leading on from that Saturday evening again you know if as I said physically demanding is have you a fully fit panel uh, to pick from leading into the reg on Saturday evening um, yeah just uh, we're kind of weaning on Nevo D who's been, been carrying a few um, needles you've Alana Ryan who, who are just trying to integrate back in into the, the team and um, there's obviously fierce competition from the, the day we played Tipperary inside in the Gaelic grounds everyone put their hand up and we're, we're trying to to um, get Alana back in if, if we can because she's such a vital player yeah. for us but at the same time who who do you leave off the team do you know uh, um, that's, that's, a, that's a nice, problem, be, nice yeah. problem to have nice problem to have yeah yeah and then we are we have Orla Duggan coming back in to give us to give us more options, which is great. Like Orla is one of the top top Camogie players in in the country, in my opinion. Uh, for the, the Clare Player of the Year last year, so she's right. a great addition to have back into the panel. So look, they're 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 good problems to have. Exactly, exactly. Colin, before we let you go, we, we have to ask you about the small matter of the small man himself. You know, your your bigger than stature name yourself. Would you have much conversations, like say, leading up to last Saturday Munster final? You on one side and the boss on the other side, and would you've had much conversation leading up, or how you know, or do you just stick to your own devices? Yeah, I kind of just stick to my. Uh, yeah, I stick to myself. Um, I, 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 I don't really like um, getting involved in mind games or any of that type of thing. Um, there's, there's just a job to be done at the end of the day, and like, yeah, uh, look, we did a bit of crack in, yeah. you know, after, but. <laughs> When when it's coming up to the game, no, I, I I don't give an inch and he doesn't give an inch and that's just the way it is. We 
we we we um we don't talk about the game at all really coming into it, which is. Which is the way you want it. There's no doubt about it. And there's no doubt you're going to cross swords, obviously, in the in the group stages or later on in, in the year again. Colin, one other thing. Look, at, it's great to see um, the, the Camogie getting the exposure that he's getting by being allowed to play in the, the main pitches and before the main games, Colin. Tony, right. It, it, come here. It, it, uh, I've, I've heard people say this um, for years. I mean, what the GA are seeing now is absolutely perfect. There, there's a window to play these these kind of first games before Munster Championship games, before all them. It gets the crowd going. It's good for the birds. It's good for the promotion of Camogie. I, I, I think it's absolutely super. Like this junior game now on Sunday, Sunday yeah. before. Yeah, yeah. That, like it's that brilliant. is going to do the girls unreal. I mean, you have the young girls that that will play in front of a crowd for the first time. You have the more experienced girls that have been playing for a, a few years and deserve what they're getting on Sunday. Um, I, 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 I think it's unbelievable. I think it's unreal. You see before the, the Clare and Limerick Munster final, you've Tipperary and Watford on inside and Turles. And bring it on more like it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's no already it's, it's brilliant. <coughs> and congratulations and kudos to everyone uh, for allowing this to happen. Colm, it's been brilliant talking to you. There's no doubt we're going to be talking to you again in the near future. You have a big, a, a big game Sunday against Mayo. The very best of luck in that. And also with the game Saturday evening, first of all, uh, against Tipperary in the reg. We look forward to with relish. We wish you, the rest of the management team, and all the players the very best of luck. And once again, thanks very much for talking to us here on Scarab Bay Community Radio. Thanks a million, lads. Thanks a million for Great having me. Great talking to you, Colin. And once again, thanks to Colin Fitzgerald for taking the time to talk to us. And now we're, we're going to be joined on the line by well-known uh, journalist, a man very good to us here on Scarab Bay Community Radio, a man with strong East Clare connections. It's Owen Brennan. Owen, you're welcome once again. Thanks to you. Owen, Clare GA and Camogie on an absolute high uh, Munster Junior Camogie Championship. Unfortunately, didn't the seniors very unlucky not to back it up by bringing the senior crown as well. And tremendous performance in from the hurlers uh, drawn with, with, with Limerick coming back to draw from last Sunday. Clare GA, Colm, are Owen in a very positive state. Absolutely. The, we've never had a, such a, a rich banner bandwagon before, have we? Uh Five Munster Championship Finals now uh, in 2022. Um, and look, I don't think we've ever seen that before. Um, I don't even remember the last time you could say that Clare were in a Munster Senior Camogie and a Munster Senior Hurling Final. That's a mine two minor finals on top of that. So, yeah, look, I mean, there was a lot of doom and gloom, you know, depending on what year. And even going back to last year, there was a small bit of doom and gloom in certain quarters. But, you know, you can see now that the hard work that is, is being done, whether that's players coming through to the senior level or the next generation uh, building up at minor level as we've seen in, in both the Camogie and, and the Hurling and obviously the, even the under 20s who you'd imagine um, might have gone a bit further looking at Limerick's results um, if we, with a small bit of luck they had two good performances as well albeit on a losing side on both occasions so we've got three teams there between the, the junior, senior and minor at Camogie level and in the Hurling at under 20 minor and senior all performing very, very at high levels this year. So, okay, we've only won titles so far to show for it, but it's not all about titles either. It's about kind of developing players and, and getting to that next level. And hopefully the consistency is the main thing you'd be looking for across the board. And Owen, you're absolutely right, and it's a wonderful 
you know, that you're able to mention those those amount of Munster finals in the one go. Just before we get into the nitty gritty of team performances and player performances and coaches, etc., and what's been happening on the, on the pitch, you know, is it a coincidence that it has all happened uh, on the watch of the, of that new initiative, Club Clare, that was that got going there a while back? Or is it too soon to say that Club Clare has had an influence on it? Or is it they're going hand in hand? Club Clare got, in, uh, got has got enthusiasm going, a bit of finance going, and it's already shown on the pitch. How do you see? How do you read that? Ah, look, I, I think first and foremost you'd have to look at the underage structures. Um, that's that's the main crux of it. Where and and I think a greater cooperation between the clubs and the and the underage development. Um, I think you know particularly, uh, and I know more about the hurling than the camogie, but there's obviously great work coming out of the camogie as well. But in the in the hurling side of it, you know, there's a lot of collaboration going on. There's a real kind of a buzz there, you know, with where the real buzz started. And you're seeing the calibre of coaches is rising every every year. You know, you've got players already coming back into the system. Maybe players or coaches that have been away for a while. So there's a bit of a buzz about that, whether it's 14, 15, 16, 17. You know, they're all kind of buying into it. And I've seen this is the first, that minor team was the first of those um, to come out of this new, new vision, let's say, for the underage. Uh, this is the team that, didn't uh, contest the, the Tony Forrestal, which for good or for bad, people had, had their own opinions on that. But the current minor team are the, the first of that. So people said that maybe they didn't get enough competitive uh, games coming up along. And with COVID, nobody got any competitive games for a long while there. But you're seeing the fruits of the, the work that's been going on behind the scenes and having witnessed a couple of the training sessions. You know, it's just a different level of coaching that we've seen before. So, I mean, that's hugely encouraging for your Terence Valley in under 20 and your Brian Lawn at a senior level. Um, and that can only be the same thing at at, uh, at Camogie level as well, where you're seeing uh, the, the juniors and seniors train together for the first time this year. Uh, the numbers are greater. The, there, there seems to be a, a, a unity within them that we haven't seen before. And I think that's reflected on the field in terms of performances. And with the hurlers themselves, I look. I just can't remember a championship game that uh, Brian Lawn hasn't got a tune out of them. Um, we've had some losses, okay, but they've always seemed to perform. Um, maybe just a bit unlucky in, in terms of some of the results. Yeah, and there's no doubt about Owen, as as you said, the, and the buzz has started with the underage and has carried on, you know, and it's great to, you know, and as well, you know, the buzz is not only with the players, but with supporters as well, and everyone seems to have bought in, you know, such as the crowds going to the games and going to the minor games, the under-20 games, great to have a game below in, 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 in Six Mile Bridge as well, great crowd below below there, you know, they're really connected with the supporters, Owen. Yeah, there is that, and look, I think... I think that's probably, you know, getting back to, I, I went on a bit of a tangent there with past question, but uh, getting on to the club player thing, I think that's maybe the connection then as well, you know, with, with regards to the publicity side of it, uh, trying to uh, uh, kind of broaden that connection between the players and supporters. And I think uh, that kind of all adds into it, you know, I mean, the, the buzz, there's a momentum factor that, that goes along with it anyway. And, and with winning, you know, it, it's amazing how a Monday morning looks a lot brighter when you've, you have to come out off the back of a Munster Championship win. It's just uh, it's, it's a scientific phenomenon that we haven't really looked into. But you talk to anyone on Monday there, you know, the buzz that they had after being in the park and the town was was really bristling uh, all weekend. I'm sure the publicans got a good squeak out of it as well. But, uh, you know, just, just a fantastic buzz. That, and it's nearly when you have that buzz and that few wins that you want to 
kind of build on that and, and get that going because it's tougher to get people to come back and support you when things aren't going so well. So when they are going well, I suppose you have to make, make hay while the sun shines. So I think, you know, there's a, kind of a lot of different factors, whether administrative, whether on the field, uh, in terms of the management as well. I think Brian Lohan is just one of those guys that, uh, you know, after, as a player was, was inspirational. And now he just has that instant connection with, with supporters all the way along and we saw that when he crossed the field in Temple Stadium there when, and clapping, clapping the supporters Yeah and there's, there's no doubt and I suppose to be fair to Brian Lohan uh, Owen, he has grown into the job massively as well you know he was always a leader but he, you know he has grown massively into the, the job as manager and with your senior team which is your flagship team and you know it sets the tone but really as you said he always gets a tune out of him but I tell you one thing he's getting a very good uh, reel out of him this year you know tremendous performances yeah, look, it's, you know what? It, it's just been so refreshing. I mean, like we talk about the the national media maybe right and clear off, and and I listen to a lot of those previous shows, shows up and down the country, and the amount of people that were saying Clare would be in the top three were very few and far between, and that goes for a lot of the the uh, Clare pundits as well. But um, but you know, we I think there was a, a kind of a a buy-in from, from our own public that we weren't really sure, you know, uh, going into it, how it was going to go. I think everyone knew that that maybe the national side of it didn't know that Peter Duggan and, and Shane O'Donnell would would Good be feature, back in yeah. full flow and and uh, would really add to it. I suppose a few injuries made us doubt, you know. Uh, Mark Rogers has been going so well in the league and then got injured. Uh, Shane Meehan with that hamstring injury. Uh, you had McCarthy who was, you know, nominated for... National Young Player of the Year last year, so that's another huge loss. And there was so many injuries and stuff like that that there was an uncertainty going into the Munster Championship. But by God, when we got that first uh, blast and it really hit from the, hit the ground running uh, against Tipperary, and really from there, you know, backing it up against Cork, I think everyone kind of was in a small bit of nervousness on Sunday, but also that a bit in anticipation. That this is probably the best that we've been so far. In, in order to try and combat uh, Limerick. I mean, if you remember 2020, uh, there was very few at that match, you know, with COVID and all that, but I just remember uh, being there and just the realisation that we were so far behind in terms of physicality. Uh, we were beaten by 11 points. They got 26 points from play, I think, in with 11 different scores. And you contrast that <laughs> to yesterday. They got, uh, what, uh, they got... Uh, 21 points in total. I think they got about one nine from play in total. So, and only one player scored more than one point or one score. That was Gerald Hagerty. Got four points. So, a much different ball game. Limerick, um, Clare were physically able to stand up to them, and that's three years of conditioning now to get to that level. So, um, I know Limerick have big players to come back, but we've got big players to come back in too. So, it's all all eager and all teasing up nicely for the Munster Championship final. Owen, uh, you talked there about the choices and the injuries, and then the all forwards. You know, I, I, you know, there all the all the the speculation in the spring and early summer about their backs or back line. You know, there was really only maybe seven lads talked about, maybe possibly eight maximum, and yet our backs have been outstanding. Uh, more or less the same six. Uh, was our seventh lead come into the play? You know, we don't. If we have three or four backs coming in, making a huge difference, it's a great credit to the law and the management team and the players themselves that they have, you know, gone from being unsure and maybe unsung to being absolutely heroic in the three games. Yeah, and I must say in particular uh, on Sunday because, uh, you know, yeah, granted we 
we great uh, forward displays in, against Tipperary and Cork, but maybe the backs weren't tested as much as maybe they, they could be. But against Limerick on, on Sunday, that was the real after test for the for the back line. And to a man, they really, really stood up to the mark. Uh, just phenomenal. It just seemed it just seemed so composed and comfortable. Whereas a, 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 mm. a clear defender before, you know, you, you, you nearly lump it down the field just to get it out of your zone. I just want to move that ball around. It's heads up hurling. With the amount of pressure, the intensity of the game, um, it was a real cauldron in there. Like I mean, you could the the intensity was almost uh, was almost palpable, you know. So I mean, for them to be that composed, in, in, and I think particularly the full back line, who've been outstanding, I think this year, you know, um, you know, the, the three of them as a unit have performed so well, and, and I just think really epitomised that on Sunday. Um, you know, the, at times they're on their own back there. But there was no panic, you know, they just really played their way out of it and uh, all of them stood up so well. I mean, it, we're just blessed at the moment. I mean, we always knew we had forward talent, but it's that de- that defensive core now that, that has really solidified uh, Clare's optimism, I suppose, going forward. Yeah, and indeed, you know, a tremendous team performance all round and as Limerick came back, came back to draw it and, you know, Clare very comfortable in, in, in that environment. On the, we've already qualified for the Munster final. There's the small matter of uh, Munster Championship game against Waterford on, on Sunday. Uh, do you expect to see many changes given that Clare are already in the Munster final uh, going to be facing Limerick? Do you see Brian Lohan making many changes or do you think he'll go with much of the same to try and keep the momentum going? Yeah, look, it's a tricky one, I suppose. Um, John Kiley was in the same boat this time last week in that, do you, you know, you're already qualified. Do you want to take that risk? If you had that bit of momentum behind you, you want to keep that... Uh, the bandwagon going as such, you don't want it to, to be interrupted by a loss. But at the same time, it's an opportunity to give guys that maybe haven't had some game time some some valuable minutes on the field, which is which is going to be important for... It's great when everyone's fit and, and healthy, but, you know, we even saw that with Ian Gallagher's suspension there the last day. You know, there was a bit of uncertainty as to who was going to go in there. So I think there's a lot of players that could do with some game time. There's probably a player or two that could do with a bit of rest. And there's probably a few knocks picked up along the way as well that they want to rest. So I think you're looking at possibly four or five changes, I would say. Uh, it's probably realistic. Um, and probably majority in the, in the forward line. But um, I would say it's very, very important for them to... Jamie and came on and, and made an impact the last day. Uh, David Reedy, I don't know if he's able for a full game yet, but certainly was a little bit ring rusty going out there and uh, could do it more game time and the you know, Mark Rogers is back in, in full training now. You expect that he will get some game time as well. Aaron Chenner hasn't got a lot of minutes on the field. So players like that, I suppose, really are the ones that they'll be looking at. And Ian Gavin coming back suspension uh, could do it again before the Munster final as well. So, as I said, maybe a lot in the forward line. But you'd expect that there will be some changes there because um, while they have an opportunity to put Waterford out of the championship, um, it's also about focusing on Clare and that, and that Munster final too. And... Uh, and giving us the best opportunity to go and try and go and win it. And, and isn't it great to be looking forward to a, a Munster final against Limerick where the, the, the whole bandwagon started in 1995 where it set all clear people crazy with, with, with success. Um, on looking at uh, the other game in, in next Sunday, Cork and Tipperary, Cork mystically produced their performance of the year down in, in, in Watch Park last Sunday. Maybe we were overhyping Watford. Do you see Cork pulling through and getting through to the qualifiers well, again, again, it's that momentum. Um, you know, I mean, nobody foresaw that that they would come out and, and beat Waterford, but 
you know, I suppose it look if you look at the two teams there, um, and it's it's where Clare don't get a lot of credit. You know, I mean, we beat Waterford in the first round of the, the championship last year, and everyone said that Waterford had an off day, and then we beat Wexford for the third year in a row, and everyone said that Wexford were a small bit off, and they were a bit flat, or were at the end of their their reign. Um, and then this year was the same thing with the Cork and Tipperary. I think you just have to accept that Clare are a very very good team, and they're able to stop them because. Both teams were blown away by Clare, and you wouldn't think that any of them would have come back to any great thing. But Tipperary certainly put it up to, to Limerick, and, and they would have thought that they were out of the championship, but now they're right back in. So I think this is every much a game for Tipperary as it is for Cork. Cork came out of nowhere to beat to beat Waterford, but at the same time, they, they owed them one from the from the league final and were getting such criticism that I, I, they just had to come out. So this is an open game to stay in the championship. I think it could be nearly one of the best games in it because they have nothing to lose uh, and they have to go and win it. It's not like you could settle for a draw like maybe last Sunday. Mm. They're going to have to go out and win it now. Um, so it's going to be a rip-roaring tie. I think it's difficult to know at this stage. It will depend on the injuries as well uh, with regards to Tipperary. If they can get a, a couple of those guys back, I think Cork have a, a more established team yeah. even though they had to do a bit of reshuffling with the, some of their personnel and maybe they have a bit of a decision to make about Horgan or anything like that, but they do have the guys to bring in, as we saw with Alan Connolly in the last couple of weeks, and we saw to our own detriment when he got a goal against us. So I think Cork probably had the more settled team and had that bit of momentum behind them, but I would be interested to see how both sides line out in the field and whether Tipperary can get a player, a more experienced player back in, in the round there again to give them that bit of firepower up front that they lacked maybe in the last 10 to 15 minutes against Limerick. Yeah, and I suppose the pressure is on Cockno to deliver back-to-back performances as well. Uh, Owen, um, looking at the minor game uh, Saturday evening, later on, uh, playing Galway in Athenry. Clare, unfortunately, they didn't come out in the penalty shootout, and I don't think any game should be finished at that age in a penalty shootout. But the, the team has come on in spades. Um, do you expect Clare to get over this challenge? And it will be a formidable one in Kinney Park in Athenry. Yeah, look, I mean, Clare have had such a phenomenal year. There has been a bit of a setback. You know, it's a really, really tough blow for those kind of young players, 16, 15, 16, 17-year-olds to, to try and take. Uh, they were all going to school the following morning after that uh, after that shootout. So that was a really tough pill to swallow. But um, you'd imagine that with the experience of the management team even there over them, the Brian O'Connell, the Sarah Lyons, the, the Donald Maloney, I think, no better guys that you'd want to get them back on track. And I think there's probably added a bit of an extra determination now uh, to them going into it. I mean, Galway, look, have won four of the last five All-Ireland minor championships. So you can never write them off. Um, it's going to be a tough one and the least to come into the mix as well. But you would be very, very hopeful for this care team, regardless of who they play from now on. I don't think they'll have a fear of anyone, whether that's these quarterfinal series, where two come out of it. So there's two coming out of three. Um, and I think they'll want to hit the ground running and, and and hopefully get that result to get them back on track because I think that will be crucially important for them and their development to try and uh, go into the next game against Leash and and hopefully uh, top the group so they can go into that RR semi-final. Yeah, and finally, on there's the small matter of, of the Camogie this weekend and a junior championship match in Cusick Player curtain raiser to the senior game and also, of course, first of all, on Saturday evening, a, a rematch of the Munster semi-final in the first round of the All-Ireland series, Clare and Tipperary. Yeah, look, it's uh, probably difficult that it's only a week on after the, 
the Munster final and, and what a, a Munster final double it was or almost turned out to be in terms of titles. But I think, you know, they'll really, really take a lot out of the performance. You know, it's, it's desperate and lucky to, to go out and, and lose after extra, extra time. But I think it's better probably free taking for, for a finish. Um, I, I think, you know, it's about backing it up for the, for the seniors at least. Um, they beat Tipperary twice and it's tough to play a team three times in one season. That's a mind three times in the only a space of a couple of weeks. But I think it, it's about, you know, Tiberi obviously is going to need no lead any motivation going into it. Um, it's interesting that the game is on in the rag. Um, yeah. And not in Temple Stadium or somewhere like that. I'd say they learned their lesson from, from, from that one the last day. So that shows, shows a kind of a fear factor that we haven't seen uh, uh, before uh, from, from Tiberi or from Cork. And suddenly Clare are the team, you know, if you looked at that draw at the start, you said Cork and, and Tiberi be the standout teams. They put it up to both of them now. So I think Clare have nothing to fear. I think if we could just hopefully not have any hangover from from the uh, from the Munster final loss uh, and, and the kind of manner of it, they have a grueling kind of a schedule. This is the fourth week of the sixth that they're going to be playing in a row. But I think in terms of personnel, confidence, the newer players coming into it, the few players coming back as well, the Eva Power, um, Alana Ryan, I think Orla Duggan is back in in, in, the, in the fold as well. You know, there's a really positivity around it. Like, I would like to think that we can hit the ground running and it's the first time in a long time that we've had great anticipation towards an All-Ireland Championship and I, I really hopeful that Clare can back up the, the performances they had already in, in the Munster Championship in the All-Ireland Series and as for Sunday, great opportunity for the juniors to play in, in Cusick Park in front of the, the, the hurling game and hopefully a big crowd in there as well. The first time they've ever played Mayo, it's the first time Mayo have played at Ellis level in the Championship so it's going to be a real novelty game I'd imagine Clare would be outstanding favourites for it. Um, but it, great for the, the, the newly crowned Munster champions to to get that bit of a limelight and, and play in the county grounds, which they haven't done since the, the All-Ireland semi-final against Kerry a couple of years ago. So great exposure and, and, and an experience uh, for them as well. Yeah, and I suppose, on it, it's ironic that the, the Mayo holders can't get into McHale Park uh, for training and uh, for their competition. And the Mayo Camogie team can get into one of the standout grounds in Cusick Park. So what a turnaround in fortunes. Yeah. And it's only augurs well for the game on. I was I was making a suggestion there that maybe they advertised the game out in West Clare and say that Clare and Mayo are playing the car. And that just specified what the what the <laughs> tournament was to get people in. But it'd be the first time that we, if we do pull it off, it'd be the first time we beat Mayo in I don't know how long. Since the league semi final in '93, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it, that's 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 a while ago now. So that's almost 30 years ago. So uh, we'll take any win over Mayo. But look, it's a it's a it's a fantastic opportunity for them. Um, you know, to, to play in, in front of such a crowd and. Look, I think it's just a really good feel-good factor around the juniors set up that's involved with the senior at the moment. So, look, we wish them all the best of luck, uh, and and hopefully, and, and hopefully we can get a double the, this weekend uh, as opposed to last weekend. Yeah. yeah, indeed. Owen, the time is caught up on us, and look, thanks for taking the time to talk with you. Got it all, got it all covered there for us. So, thanks once again for taking the time to talk to us here on Scarif Bay Community Radio. No problem, lads. And our thanks to Owen Brennan for that contribution there. And now we're joined by uh, an old friend of ours here we haven't spoken to for a while, a former Gort Stalwart and indeed Galway as well, and a well-known coach, Kurt Luke Crockwell, and previously with Gort and other clubs, uh, Andy Cohen. Andy, thanks for joining us on Sportsline. No problem at all, but uh, nice, nice to be back on, 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 on a call again yeah. and uh, discussing the themes and out of the Championship. Good afternoon, Andy. How are you, Leo, here? How are things with you? 
Good, Leonor, good. Good to good, talk good. to you. We mustn't, we mustn't leave it as long the next time. So, Andy, um, it's nice to get, occasionally, to get the Galway view of the Leinster Championship and you're, you're well-versed in, in Galway hurling. And uh, I suppose the initial question is, <clears throat> uh, in Galway, what's the feeling with the progress? What's the feeling with the progress of your new manager, um, the great uh, Henry Shefflin? So far, uh, you know, what's, what's the verdict? Well, I suppose... Kind of after the the big announcement was, and we were all kind of had our our shifts on David Fitzgerald potentially coming down. Uh, next thing it was Henry Shefflin landed on us, and I suppose after all the hype kind of faded away, um, they got down to business and they had a really good league, I suppose. Um, a lot of expectation, I suppose, being being with the Manny Wall, but I think it also kind of brought a, a bit of a freshness to to the county scene as well in Galway, um, and it kind of renewed a good interest in there as well too. I think the last two years, kind of with Shane O'Neill. Might have been a little bit flat. Um, didn't really progress that much, we'll say, based on 2017 and 18. Um, so definitely so far, I think there's been a good bit of excitement. And um, of course, there's, there's signs there that there's, there's hopefully something good coming coming down the line. You wouldn't know. And the other thing, I suppose, was <clears throat> there would be boosts with someone so, you know, such a great record in the game and such a huge figure nationally that there would be, a, um, I suppose, a boost for Galway. But then there's also the style of Hurley, well, said that he grew up with, with, with Brian Cody and, and, and the style they had there for, for that seriously successful style for, I suppose, a decade and a half. And do you think Shefflin has in any way tweaked that or is it kind of more, you know, has he his own style or is it a lot of the Coley, the Cody, sorry, uh, you know, version of Hurling that he's brought into it? Well, I suppose kind of if you think back to Shefflin's time, that was the goes to twenty years ago, up to maybe ten years ago, and like I know we all kind of like that kind of win your own hardball and drive it down the field style that there was with the continuing to and had back in the years. But the hurling has changed for, for good or for bad, yeah. whether you like it or not. And I think definitely from the games that I've seen, um, he's kind of married kind of both of the short style and definitely some of the old kind of you know, direct ball and being able to win your own ball as well. But um, I think definitely he's kind of brought that a good mix and definitely you can see a lot of what he's doing with Belly Hale in it um, in, in the Galway style as well. And I suppose the first t- real test was uh, going up to Wexford Park but always a hard place to go and Galway, you know, got a very creditable result there at the time as we thought. I suppose, uh, you know, results since then would suggest that Wexford had gone backwards a little bit from the league or at least hadn't developed. So, uh, but it was good to go there and at least come back with something as, as an opening gambit in his, in his career. It was, like, kind of, it just shows maybe the, the uncertainty of the league itself. I mean, looking at Wexford and Watford at the minute, <clears throat> If you had based their league form from maybe March and April, you would have thought they would have had a real big say now. And at the minute, they're kind of on on very thin ice. Um, so I suppose they went they went to Wexford, kind of knowing that if they could get any bit of a result, it would have been a very good start. Now the way the game panned out, they were six points up for the majority of even the second half. Um, and then Wexford slowly crept back into it, and then there was that issue with the free at the end with Conor Coney and so on. And even though they got the draw, it nearly felt like a sense down there that we had nearly lost. You know, they kind of feel yeah. when a team does well and you think you should have won the game but you actually only drew it. And you still didn't lose it. But there nearly was a bit of an air after them, after that game that, you know, did they maybe slip or are they as good as we thought? Maybe that was kind of the, the, the feeling coming from Wexford Park that day. But I guess they, they regrouped really and headed into the Kilkenny game and, and that kind of told its own story. They, they, were, they were lucky in a way um, to get the, get the win but at the same time 
that's the look that's in kind of a group system or a round robin system. Like, you know, there's days where you're, you're shining, there's days where things will go against you, but then they can fall back into place for you again. And I suppose there's the general feeling, um, and you said it yourself off air, um, Andy, that we'll say Galway at times can open up a game very brightly and maybe finish strongly as well, but that there are periods in the game maybe when whether it's concentration or whether it's just a lack of a lack of uh, focus on what they're doing or what it is, when they're not consistent for the 70 minutes. And, you know, do you think that's something that needs to be addressed before they make much more progress? I do. I, I definitely think, even though Sheffin has brought a lot of freshness, and even if I see with a lot of the players that they're looking actually very, very sharp and look very, very fit and lean. Um, and when they're, when they're hurling on form for those maybe the first 20 minutes or even the opening half in, in, in the games that I've seen, three out of the four games that I've seen, um, they, they look really good. But then suddenly there's, there's a serious dip. And it, it was evident again, even against Port Leash last, last Saturday, they burst into a nine points to two lead after 10 minutes. And we thought this is going to be a total walkover. <coughs> but whatever happened, them, and it was the same in the Wexford game, same with the Kinney, that lull period in the middle of the game, in the middle of, and kind of into the second half or so, is definitely an area that they need to tidy up because when you meet the likes of Limerick in full tilt, they'll be well out of sight by the time you maybe come around and have a bit of a push towards the last 10 minutes of the game. Um, so that is definitely probably for me the number one area that they need. They definitely need to sort out. Yes, exactly. I think there's a kind of general agreement on that. And uh, Andy will say there's a good number of the stalwarts of Michal Dunne, who's All-Ireland winning team there, you know, up, up, through the team without naming them. Uh, you know, Dahi Bokes, your McInerney, is your, your Coonies, your, your um, O'Connor Whelans and, 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 and a few others. But from your point of view, what, who are the, the, the breakthrough players that have impressed so far? And do you think there's a, one or two more of them maybe haven't made it quite make it, uh, made it as well as you expect? What's your feeling on the, on the newer players? Yeah, well, like you said, definitely the, 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 there is still that backbone of the stalwarts from, we'll say, 2017. But for me, the standouts uh, definitely will be your two cornerbacks, um, Jack Grealish from Gort and Darren Morrissey from Sarsis. Mm, these good. guys are young. They're very <clears> early 20s. They're fast. They're very determined. But they can hold. They're skillful. And they've definitely been a big boost to the to the full back line. Uh, obviously, Tom Monaghan is just hurling out of his skin. Now, Tom was originally... Tom was a member of the panel and he had played some of the games... Um, in 2017 and 2018 with Michal Dunahu. Um, now, look, at his form possibly dipped. I know he went through a couple of injuries as well too, um, through those years, and he wasn't part of Shane Neal's plans for the, for the last two years. Now, he had a very, very good Crawford campaign last year for his club. Um, got back in with a try with Henry Shefton, and at the minute, he's, he's possibly hurling the form of his life, definitely. Um, also, on top of that, I suppose... Um, Dean and Fahey is there as well. You know, he, he's kind of struggled a little bit to get into the games, but if you were to pick, if you were to see Keenan Fahey in his club form, um, he definitely would stand out in, in the Galway Championship. But I suppose he, he probably is one that's that's, that's kind of there, and, and he seems to be well part of Sheffield fans as well. And I suppose Andy Leo here, Andy. I suppose for Henry Shefflin as well. I suppose he's trying to get the right balance, and maybe he hasn't hit uh, the proper balance, maybe in terms <coughs> of his uh, full team selection yet, and. You know, and and as you said, that dip in that twenty-minute dip is of, has to be of concern. They're playing Dublin in Salt Hill uh, this weekend, and with all intents, should get over the challenge of Dublin, even though Dublin turned them over a, a couple of years ago in Parnell Park. You're probably Andy, maybe if Kilkenny should get over Wexford, you're probably looking at a rematch with Kilkenny, which is probably maybe going to be may, maybe a truer reflection of where Galway are. Yeah, like they, when they played in the Wexford. 
Um, he, he, he brought on a, a player called Gavin Lee from, from Clare Bridge. Now, Gavin Lee is doing his leaving cert this June, and so he's very, very young. But since that game against Wexford, um, Johnny Cohn has, has, has seen a lot of game time. David Burke has settled into a good position there. Evan Nyland has been there as well, too. He's, 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 a fine, he's been a fine yeah. underage hurler and, yeah. and definitely one for the future as well. And Jason Flynn has just returned from injury as well. So definitely kind of those those maybe one or two places that are not fully nailed down maybe by the likes of Keane and Fahey or David Burke will say who's not kind of at the, at the full full of his powers obviously over time that, that's going to win but he's he's um, what he's done in the past is, 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 is unquestionable. So there's definitely maybe one or two positions there that can be filled by any number of maybe three or four players there and a mix of experience and youth in those three or four players. So I definitely think as, as he's going towards that possible Leinster final um, matchup, maybe again with Kilkenny, depending on results, I definitely think that Sheffield is in, he's definitely in a lot stronger position now than he was maybe a month ago when we started off against Wexford. And I suppose you can throw in, I suppose, one of the farm players in the league for Galway's LND in, in, in Ronan Dinan, and he, you know, and his brother playing for, playing for Westmead, but he'd probably come into the mix as well. And as you said, you know, it gives Sheffield maybe a stronger hand going into the latter stage of the championship, which is exactly where you want to be. It does, and Ronan Dinan had a fantastic um, league campaign, and I suppose... Even with Jack Grealish and I'll go back to maybe Tom Monaghan who were part of the Aldenhoe squads and they mightn't have featured so much in the last couple of years but Sheffield has really considered Clare's club form and definitely with Tom and Jack Grealish um, Keenan Fahey is a standout club player and um, Ronan Lennon again like you said would be an outstanding club hurler so he's really given those guys their chances he's, he's given them trials at the start of the year he's put them into the Walsh Cup he's put them into the earlier rounds of the league and they've held their own so like you know, that mix of the older players from 17, that era, um, and those younger guys, you know, it's, it's definitely, and the games as well too, the, you know, the, the, the games week in, week out are definitely standing to the group as well. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I mean, the round robin in both in both provinces, I think, is, is simply the way to go, whether whether they keep the same format in terms of time scale. You know, people want games, the crowds are turning out as well, and there's a lot of permutations, ifs and buts, and what will happen, and people are, there's two games on at the same time now at the weekends, in Munster and Leinster, so that, you know, one team won't have an advantage. Do you think, though, that the, maybe, either, we'll just talk about Leinster for the moment, that Shefflin will be thinking an awful lot about winning a Leinster Championship. He has loads of Buckley Kenny. Gal, we have a few in recent years as well. Or do you think there'll be less stress on trying to win that out and maybe develop the team to maybe go a little bit further in the All-Ireland? Well, like, I suppose the carriage of, of the Leinster final win would be that you'll go directly to the semi-final. Well, yeah. Um, now, um, are they kind of at full tilt to maybe beyond that I just think that maybe 2022 could really be seen as, as maybe a progression year for the group. Um, no, look, you, you'll take whatever comes no matter how far you get. Like, but maybe next year, if, if they could get to that Leinster final, put in a decent appearance possibly if they won it, a bonus. Um, but I definitely think for that kind of Sheffield's first year, um, you know, if they just put a, a string of performances, whether it's through qualifiers or whether it's directly through to a semi-final, um, I definitely think that if we can just maybe use this year as a building year because if you really compare them to the likes of Limerick even Clare now after the last day have really opened a lot of people's eyes that physicality that high intensity and the games week in week out as well too are all the kind of fully there yet I don't know are they but at the same time they're, they're not they're not far away at all either 
And Andy, you know, you mentioned earlier in the interview there about, you know, the tenure of, of Shane O'Neill and Galway looked very, very flat and, you know, there was no intensity at all really to their play for the last two years. Do you think maybe that um, Henry Shefflin is probably, and the Galway players are maybe suffering, uh, might suffer later on this year from the poor two years that they had previous? I'm kind of even going a little bit further back than that. Kind of 2018 really, I think, was, was a chance for Galway even um, to even bleed, blood a few more younger players as well. I think that by the time that All-Ireland final came against Limerick in 2018, yeah. they had been through a replay with Kilkenny, they had been through a replay with Clare, and it was pretty much the same 15, 17 guys from 2017. Now, Galway won a minor title on the same day as they won the senior title in 17. So you just imagine that, and they won a minor title in 2015, that Tom Monaghan, funny enough, and Jack Grealish were on. Yeah, I remember it well, yeah. Um, so you, you'd nearly wonder, I think, even going back beyond Shane O'Neill, that I think a lot of damage was possibly done by not kind of putting the faith in those younger players more, just like Sheffield might be doing at the minute with some of them. I think that that kind of, kind of cost them dearly even, and then into the Shane O'Neill period as well too. I think that's... There was still the old guard were still there. Johnny Cohn was still in his kind of holding down a place. Yeah. Aidan Hart was there. Um, yeah. You know, David Burke. All those guys that had been there, even contested the other final in 2015, the ball was lost to Kilkenny. You know, there, there really probably could have been a lot more freshness over the years. And that would have probably increased everyone's game, you know, their, their, their kind of performances because they knew they would have been maybe under a little bit more pressure to perform. And Andy, looking at the outside, as we're going to get a quick word on the minor before the time for the clock catching up on us, uh, as you said, it probably would be a bonus if, if Galway won the uh, even a Leinster Championship maybe and you know qualified further on in, in the All Ireland series. But what I was going to say to you was, in terms of support uh, from coming from Galway from the the people, it just seems that everyone has bought into this, and there's a good positive vibe coming out of Galway GA at the moment, Andy. Oh, there definitely is. I mean. Pierce Stadium, I suppose, its location in Galway City has always kind of been a bone of contention with, with, with maybe Hurland supporters kind of having to cross the city and that. But I have to say, sitting in, in, in um, Pierce Stadium that weekend of that game, there was packed capacity. There was a great atmosphere. Um, it was an exciting game. It was actually the middle of the championship and we were still in, in early May, um, late April. And, and definitely along with that, with Shefflin coming along, I mean, with his profile, with, with, with his status in the game, the excitement of him coming to actually manage Galway and then throwing all that side show with, with Frank Cody and all that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely, you can definitely see that the interest is, is much, much higher from the Galway supporters. And, and even again, the last day in, in, in Moore Park, and there was actually definitely way more um, Galway supporters in, in the stands than, than, than there were leash. So definitely, it's, it's definitely risen uh, all the time, all the boats anyway, with, with, with the Henry Shefflin tide anyway. Uh, look, Andy, there's an awful lot of great occasions to come this, this year yet including this weekend and I'm sure further on and great excitement and crowds out before we leave just as we leave the seniors a quick a brief word and the clock is catching up uh, Galway playing uh, hosting Clare and Kenny Park in a minor championship um, Clare we think very unlucky to lose the Munster final hugely improved from last year when they got hammered 40 points what's your knowledge of the, of the Galway team and of course Galway minor teams in recent years have always been a very high standard how do you read this one? I suppose if They've had a very good record maybe over the last, I suppose, since 2015. They've won 15, 17, and then they did four in a row. So, like, they've six minor titles got in the last, you know, to go to 10 years. So, they've, they've been very, very successful, you know. Um, yeah, they've, they've, they've quite a strong panel assembled. There's, a, there's a lot, kind of a lot of representation from the likes of old clubs like Owen Moore, Clarenbridge, Lockway, Torlock Moore. 
And these are really kind of the, the, the clubs that have been successful at the kind of the, the A grade for each um, each age level, maybe for the last five or six years. So it's kind of that, that's really shown by the most representatives really on the minor panel. Um, there's um, Rory Buck from uh, Ormore being one of the probably one of the standout players. Um, Evan Nyland's brother is actually um, Aaron Nyland, um, who has a, there's, there's a lot of big talk. There's actually funny enough comparisons to the likes of Joe Henning at the same age, um, won a fail a title with his, with his club there in the Whoa. last couple of years. Turlock Moore, Turlock Moore uh, would have actually won two fail all Irelands in a row uh, in the last maybe four, three or four years as well. So it's definitely got a lot of um, kind of strong players coming from, from a lot of success at club level anyway. Yeah, well, Andy, look, the clock is catch up, but it's, it's just great to get your view on that minor squad and what you think. Obviously, there, there's still there, there's still plenty of confidence in that minor squad, and uh, Galway hurling at underage has been so strong in recent years, and I suppose we hope that carries on. But maybe maybe not from a clear point of view for today. Listen, um, Andy, as usual, it's great to get your your views. It's been too long, and uh, your your informed views on on Galway hurling and the Leinster Championship has been uh, very very enjoyable to listen to. So we thank you enormously for joining us, and we hope we'll talk to you again later on in the summer when maybe both our counties are involved. At a much later stage in the championship. Andy, thanks a million. Great, guys. Thanks very Andy, much. Andy, thanks a million. Good man. And that con- thanks once again, thanks to Andy Cohn uh, for taking the time to talk to you on Scarif Bakery Radio. And that concludes our sports line show for today in association with Dale Credit Union on 88.3 and 92.7 FM. My thanks, as always, to co presenter Pat McNamara. Thanks to our guests, uh, Colin Fitzgerald, Owen Brennan, and Andy Cohn. And thanks to Jim Collins and the Control Tower. And also, thanks very much to you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the programme. And we wish all the Clare teams the very best of luck with the minor hurling, uh, the junior and senior camogie, and the senior hurling in their championship games at the weekend. And all that remains is for me, Leo Dial, for Sportsline, in association with Derek Credit Union, it's Bannock Day, August Lawn.